1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week our team discusses news and events from this past week as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on luchacentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, PodBay, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Speaker, and more. This podcast is also available through our partners at thechairshot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And it is my honor, yes, honor, to bring in my two co hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing very, very well. Still recovering from, gosh, such an eventful week
0: <laughs> oh in pro gosh, wrestling.
1: Yes. Uh, and, well, in order to do that, well, we got to bring in the third member of this trio, and that's who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
3: That's who? Well, Hey.
1: Hello, hello, guys. I mean, man, you know, we're going to be talking about it, it very shortly. Uh, the, the weekend that was because it definitely made some waves. Uh, and also I'm sure we're actually going to be talking about an actual earthquake that did happen <laughs> a little bit later on. But yeah, speaking of, of things on the Richter scale, um, uh, man, I mean, to see the wrestling world at its highest peak of excitement, it feels like for the first time in the longest time.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's been forever. I, I haven't been this excited for wrestling in a long time. I mean, just the general excitement with everything going on right now is off the charts. Like, I, I, I'm just excited. I can't wait to see what happens next.
1: Well, we are going to get into all of that. Very shortly, but you know what we got to do. We start off the show the same way as we always do. We got the road back to shows with Brendan.
3: All right. So yeah, we are trying to start the way we normally do, but I mean, I don't even know what what they're officially calling the color status for Mexico anymore because <laughs> they're making so Mexico is still just doing whatever they need to to get people spending money and and out. So there it is. Mexico, I believe is orange. I think it's officially still orange this week because it's still a two week process, but, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're doing whatever they need to at this point. So, uh, and Miranda alluded to it. There was an earthquake in Mexico this week, uh, and it happened. It kind of hit Mexico City, and it happened during a wrestling show. So I'm going to have more information on that earthquake later in the show. But yes, wrestling was impacted by the big earthquake. It was um, oh, I have to. It was where did we go? A 7.0 earthquake, strong enough to be felt 200 miles away. Uh At this point, it's hard for me to rate how that actually impacts Mexico because there's Mexico city in particular. So kind of used to being hit by earthquakes of, of tremendous magnitudes that, uh, it impacts their infrastructure differently than it does in a lot of other cities that I can think of. So we'll see how we'll see as the weeks progress, how that, that impacts our wrestling. But so far it happened in the middle of a show, which carried on. So like I say, we'll, we'll bring that up in a little bit. Um, and, uh, other news then more CML is making news again and we more people leaving. Vangelis quit. Um I bring it up in the in this part because it's, he's uh, largely expected to show up with uh, the Munoz family somewhere. So uh you know we're kind of that's kind of our our weekly federation wow. slash Munoz Kind of watch for news, so uh, maybe the next time the Munoz family has a press conference he'll drop in. maybe he'll partner with Relistico. who knows, but uh there we are, and uh indie Star who's been working in AAA, so I don't know i didn't I forgot to check with Dusty on this, but Commander had a little uh release that he has suffered some some injuries. And he's going to be out for five months. I uh, bring this up because we're huge fans of Commander on the show He had a yeah. very viral moment uh i mean hopefully he will be back speedy he's young and healthy so he should heal fine and easy but yeah, uh he's only
2: like twenty two or twenty twenty two <laughs> i think right now yeah. i mean he is yes. a young guy so good so good. Yeah. he's in he's also in chaos uh
3: mm-hmm. Lucha.
2: yeah he he's impressive yeah.
3: Yeah, he he uh he they, he's part of that that northern crew that worked out of uh Monterrey's and Chaos and Lucha Time a lot. Uh he went he went extremely giftable at uh at a Chaos event. So uh it, yeah, um uh, yeah. Just just really unfortunate timing because uh as we've been mentioning, despite COVID, wrestling is really coming back up into the forefront in Mexico and uh you know a young guy like him should be able to to get a lot of work at this time so when he gets back he'll probably make a big splash.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see that Corkscrew shooting star press he does. <laughs> like if you haven't seen it, look it up. Like it's really cool.
3: It yeah, yeah, I mean if you just google commander with a K, you will find a bunch of uh quick clips of him just being insane. That's <laughs> true. Insane. <laughs> Uh you might have to add Luchador to it now because like I'm sure GI Joe has a Cobra Commander variant but you know uh, <laughs> I I it my computer knows me well enough. Anyway, that's my quick road back to shows. Uh we're going to have more news on the on the earthquake and we'll give you updates on Commander as he he hands them out. And uh we'll move into the indie roundup which again, uh I didn't get to watch these and I uh yet but Fight TV has, has up, uh, so the matches, some of the matches we were talking about. So that you have, uh, and the AAW show, which featured Ares versus Laredo Kid and several other matches that while well, not lucha, lucha centric are, are, look pretty good. Um, Laredo Kid and Lee Moriarty at the Black Label Pro Show, which, I mean, I've seen some highlights of that. That looks like it was a show stealer. And Black Label Pro always puts up good matches, so hopefully we get to, you, you go check that one out for sure. And then the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Super Lucha 4-way on the GCW show hit on, on, uh, Black Label Pro, or uh, hit on Fight as well, so, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, th- 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 those matches are all available, like I say, on Fight TV. Uh, th- th- we will have links up on, on, or I will have links up on my socials. Uh, Lucha Blog has placed up links over on his blog. And Fight TV, if you look for AAW, Black Label Pro, and GCW, you should easily find them in the, uh, recent editions. Because those matches only happened last weekend during this giant weekend of, of wrestling news. Um, then, uh, real quick, we had some IWRG as well. We had, uh, we had a match with, uh, Toxin defending the IWRG Mexico title. This was the fifth defense. This would be against Jesse Ventura. Uh that was a successful defense. Uh, and then that lead, led into that was the s the, the sub main. I have not seen any previews of it, but Jesse Ventura and Toxin together uh it's always gonna be good. But we have what sounded like an insane match that I haven't had a chance to see yet, so I just stole the results directly from, from Lucha Blog, so I'm gonna give him credit over there. But uh we had Gianni Valletta, Hijo della Spectro, Diva Salveje, Karui, Carui, Hijo del Wagner Jr., Galeno del Mal, Estrella, Estrella Divina, Venino Mafioso, Viano 5 Jr., Black Taurus, uh, and this was for the IWRG Intercontinental Heavyweight. In sort of a battle royal. This was a vacant title. Uh, that, so it was a battle royal at first. Uh, and then, and then it turned into a ladder match, uh, uh on the final four. So the, when we got down to the final four, they, they stopped it for a moment set up the ladder or set up the the belts and and then everything went well no actually this is this is mexico they just went it was probably hanging the whole time and then they just switched over to ladder match sounds like an insane match i haven't had a chance to check it out uh gianni Valletta wound up coming out with the win but i mean with a field like that there was there's gonna be some amazing moments and i just wanted to give that one a a quick shout out that is my indie roundup for the week we are uh i'm going a little light on this because as miranda alluded to there was a lot of information in the the, the that we need to cover in the rest of the show so as always give me your feedback if i didn't cover something you wanted me to cover let me know uh, if i if i am covering too much IWRG, then you know, let me know on that too and uh we'll we will adjust for you. But uh thank you for tuning in for the indie roundup. I know it's uh it's been uh received well by some people. I've gotten some feedback.
1: Uh, one thing to add to that is this Saturday, September 11th, Mass Republic is hosting Lucha Libre Mexicana in, at the Agua Caliente Casino in Cathedral City, California. Uh, this is a really stacked card which features, uh, talent like Pirata Morgan, Solar, Psychosis, Extreme Tiger, Ray Leon, Uh, El Snowflake, El Snowflake from Nacho Libre, Baronesa, and... Someone that we had the privilege of speaking with earlier this week, and that is Viva Van. She is a wrestler based out of Southern California and has wrestled really all over the place, but a staple out here in the West Coast. Some people may be familiar with her work um, in AAA, which she got to do uh, right before the pandemic hit last year. Um, as well as wrestling in Tijuana and other Lucha Libre promotions and events like Expo Lucha. Uh, so we got to talk with her a little bit more about her experience in Lucha Libre, her background and training. And on top of that, I mean, she does a lot. She is her own uh, entrepreneur with her makeup line, an advocate in bringing wrestling to Vietnam, and much, much more. So go mm-hmm. ahead and listen to this clip from our interview, with Viva Van,
3: I'll just quick tie in for that because i uh we didn't talk about it, but uh she also is talks about upcoming defy shows uh in in Los Angeles, which is kind of a big deal and uh and the p c w ultra shows, which are, are both a little further out and less of the focus that that show we're doing this weekend is the gonna be the big one Miranda you're gonna be there, right?
1: yes, I am.
3: And uh, but yeah, the, it's a great interview. Do go check it out. It should be up by the time this is uh, this is hitting your ears.
4: I think I enjoyed working with Christy Jane. I would love to have another match with her because uh, the last time we wrestled was probably two years ago. Wow. And, uh, I feel like I've changed a lot in my style of wrestling, and I would love to go at it again with her. But it was always a good good time with her. And um, with Tessa, I didn't I. Was supposed to wrestle her but I think she had gotten caught at the border for mm. so she got taken out last minute and Sumi Sakai she I learned so much from just that one match with her I had at PCW and that match what caught me off guard because I did not know that I was wrestling until I showed up that day
1: Wow <laughs> so, so you really- can only imagine
4: yeah. the anxiety I felt I had no idea until I got there and I wasn't going to turn that opportunity down.
3: <laughs> no. That's that's we. I like to stress that again for people. That's why you bring your gear to every show, <laughs> because you never know when they're going to say, can you wrestle this legend, right? It could that just happen. That
4: is very true. <laughs> that is how I got onto AAA the very first time, was I just brought my gear with me. I just went to enjoy the show, and Conan was like, you have your gear on you? I was like, yes. <laughs> He's like, all right. He threw me into two segments, and then I ended up at, in the finale of the show with uh, Escobar. He was that AAA at the time. Escobar, he was EO yeah. at the time yeah. and got to go against Lady Shawnee. So that is a story that I will probably tell my kids and my grandkids because that caught me off guard too. <laughs>
3: Busting out the, the tape of that at every chance you get. Did I tell you about the time?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
3: It's a cool moment. I'm, I'm, that, I, that is a very iconic moment. So you definitely should have that in your, your, uh, your bag of tricks anytime somebody wants to talk about cool experiences in your life. That is, mm-hmm. uh,
4: yeah. So I've been th- thrown like many curveballs in the business <laughs> far, and I just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I mean, what other ways is is there a a term to describe wrestling in a way just to say you just roll with
4: it? That is very true.
1: (laughs) And that was a quick plug of our interview with Viva Van. The full interview is going to be available at LuchaCentral.com and all the podcast streaming platforms uh, as we normally have, like Spotify, iTunes, PodBay, uh, Google Play, all of that. Uh, but, yes, the uh, Mass Republic-hosted Lucha Libre Mexicana is going to be at Agua Caliente Casino this Saturday, uh, September 11th. 7 p.m. is the... Of the bell time and uh tickets are just I believe just $10 and then you also get a $5 credit to Agua Caliente Casino so you don't even have to spend that much money to get it you can actually get out of the casino with way more money than you came in with uh on that off chance Um and also oh my
2: gosh they should market that live like a luchador you go to the Ooh. casino you see the match and then the casino throws money at you
1: yes <laughs> exactly, that's that Lucha life That's that Lucha life So uh make sure you check it out Uh If you're in the area That's Lucha Libre Mexicana At Agua Caliente Casino This Saturday, September 11th At 7pm Thank you Brendan for both The Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup Up next we're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo Who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central As always, a big thank you to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central podcast network. So there's no way we're going to be able to get through this show without talking about, I don't know if we want to call it the elephant in the room or, you know, the one major thing to happen in pro wrestling. I mean, probably throughout this whole year, but definitely as some people have indicated online, possibly the past five years, ten years, more. Um, yeah. you know what we're talking about. AEW all out. Uh, the pay per view event of the season was this past, uh, Sunday. And man, was it something. So Dusty, we're going to let you navigate this ship. Uh, take us on this this voyage of what we call all out.
2: Yeah. I I think it might have been the best pay per view uh, at least in the last twenty years personally. Um I, I can't remember whether it was Spring Stampede was it ninety seven that the Yeah, anyway, that that's that was the best <laughs> one before this one in my opinion. And uh, but yeah, all out. It was amazing, easily the best wrestling show of the year so far. And that's not just my opinion. That's like a widely held opinion. The purchases bear that out. Apparently, it's the best pay-per-view showing in a long time, about 10 years, and the most sold by a company that wasn't WWE since before WCW went out of business. So it's it's wild. And the, the result was in the action. We had the first, you had the free, the buy-in pre-show. We had Hardy Party. That's Matt Hardy with private party and TH two to form the Hardy family office versus Jurassic express and best friends. This was a fun and quick match. Like I mentioned, it was on the pre-show, so it wasn't of too much substance. There wasn't much gravity to the match. It was just fun. It was there to get the crowd excited for some wrestling, to kind Mm -hmm. of wet their appetites for the main show. And they just did an absolutely fantastic job of that. Jack Evans looks better every time you see him in the ring. I've mentioned this a few times He had kind of a rough run there in aew for a little while but literally every time we've seen him he looks better and better and better since then and I've enjoyed seeing that evolution um you know he was also involved in my favorite spot for the match It's funny it was just. Fun, like I've mentioned, but he got on Helico's shoulders, and then Jungle Boy got on Luchasaurus's shoulders, and they literally had a chicken fight in the middle of the (laughs) the ring. Like, just fun stuff. It was ridiculous. Yeah,
1: (laughs) in a good way, you know. It's it's, it's, you know that's a a good match to do some kind of more fun, silly things.
2: Yeah, it was it was a chance to get to see you know just the the entertainment side of it that we don't often get to see from a lot of these guys. Matt Hardy is made for those kind of entertaining matches. Like he mm-hmm. is just so phenomenal at it. Uh We got to see the, the blade. He tried to interfere, but Jurassic Express, they had Marco stunt and he got involved to neutralize the blade. Incredible match. Jurassic Express and best friends picked up the win. Then we had oh, – we're going to shuffle the order a little here – but we also had the Casino Battle Royal, Royale, and we had a Women's Battle Royale at, with for the Casino Battle Royale this time. Sometimes it's men's. This time it was the women. And to very little surprise but to a tremendous reception, the Joker was revealed to be Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot, and she ended up in the final three and then the final two with thunder rosa and so good the final three was thunder rosa ruby soho and nyla rose and then nyla rose was eliminated and they were the final two competitors but it was so evenly matched that you really felt like it could go either way Mm -hmm. like so many times i thought rosa had it but despite not being able to suplex rosa off of the apron ruby was able to shoot a sharp knee at rosa and pick up the win and despite being a huge Thunder Rosa fan, all of us on the show are Thunder Rosa fan. I'm assuming that if you're listening, you're a Thunder Rosa fan. <laughs> but I, I do think this was the right decision. Yeah. I think Yeah. I think yeah. they need to hold off on Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker part two to kind of draw that anticipation out. And mm-hmm. this gives Rosa the ability to feud with Ruby and Britt Baker later, you know, because of the way she lost, it gives it a lot of options at least. And it really draws that anticipation out for us. I, I truly genuinely feel that Rosa should win the feud with Britt Baker. She needs to be the person to take the belt off of Britt Baker. She needs to be the champion. But it's not the right time for Britt mm-hmm. Baker to drop the belt. Right. She's been on fire as women's champion. Yeah. And so I, I'm happy that Tony Khan kind of sees that too and has been keeping them apart. Full gear is just too soon for that title change. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but when it comes, it's going to make it that much sweeter.
3: Uh, Just a thing on that, since the scuttlebutt I'm hearing all over the internet on that. Isn't uh, necessarily that they're excited about Ruby Rose challenging for the title? Is they want to see Ruby Rose and and Thunder Rosa mix it up? So
1: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the the yeah. the crowd between Ruby. Oh, R- I was gonna say I was sorry. gonna jump.
0: Ruby I was Soho. gonna say Ruby, yeah, Ruby Soho. Soho. You were
1: gonna say I was <laughs> <laughs> gonna say Riot. But yeah. But the initial reaction <laughs> when they were the final two between Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa, it was audible chants back and forth. Yeah. And yeah. they both had a really great intensity in the ring. Like that is a program that I think would be great. Um, and it would mm-hmm. be your two, cause at this point, they're two of the top, you know, baby faces in the women's division. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I think what AEW can do and what they've done in other instances is you can have two, you know, faces face each other and have a very You know, great match. And I think that is one where you could have the crowd, you know, hyped for. So as much as I, I agree with full gear being too soon for any title change, you know, with, with Britt Baker, I would have loved to see them move forward with a Thunder Rosa, um, Ruby Soho feud for full gear. Like that. that,
3: That's what I want to see. And that's where the, the excitement energy seems to be. So as long as the boss listens to. Like the entire wrestling world, we should be <laughs> in for a treat for that. That's I won't,
1: just even that you crowd, you know. know. <laughs> like I think that, again, evenly matched, uh, even amount of support. Uh, they all they be both have very unique looks, but also like this great intensity in the ring. It was a great final two. Mm-hmm. A really good decision on these final two.
2: Mm-hmm. Me personally, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, and like you said, to me, this is the more interesting feud for the moment. And so we'll see what they do. Tony Khan has been very receptive to what fans want and listening to the receptions of fans. So hopefully, you know, we'll get to see some of that. We also had Andrade show up on, or at All Out. His match was pushed back due to travel issues with Pac andrade and chavo they were on they were on camera they denied having anything to do with packs travel issues but said that andrade was ready for pack on rampage and that kind of leads us into some rumors and uh story going on brendan i think you you've got the yeah a you know, little more than i do
3: so i mean and we, we we talked off air about my feelings on this like uh you know, Andrade not being on this pay-per-view, which is, it's a, it moved the, the needle as far as wrestling goes. Uh, you know, it, it seems like that, that might be a sore point for, for that. And that's the rumors that Andrade's not happy that he, his match got bumped. Like, you know, maybe it really is just travel problems and, and it was totally unavoidable, but Scuttlebutt is, he's not happy. And, uh, the, the kind of, the kind of proof that people are offering is a single tweet. So, you know, take, take the, that as your, your mileage may vary or a grain of salt or whatever you want to call it, where, uh, somebody m- tagged Charlotte and said, Hey, why did you let your boy get moved from, uh, from the pay-per-view to a Friday night heat? Kind of making reference to, uh, <laughs> WWE programming and, and, uh, how not successful some of it was uh and uh and Andrade himself liked that tweet, so they, therein is is all of your supporting evidence. I think we're probably gonna talk about in in a moment here about exactly how we feel about Andrade not being on there, but i it sounds like he might echo my sentiments on it Because I have yeah. uh, have said that so um but yeah that's that's the rumor. Yeah,
2: and it was also reported in the Wrestling Observer by Dave Meltzer that for I mean, he didn't expand on the reason, but that the reason Pack was held off the the match was held off the card and Pack was held back from the match wasn't actually due to travel issues. It was due to the same reason that Sasha Banks missed SummerSlam. Again, he didn't you know, kind of elaborate on that, and there's been a lot of rumors. I won't address the the rumors here, but you can kind of read into them online, especially if you Google around. Uh, so hopefully we get to see Pac soon. It's a uh, like like Brendan said. I mean, it wouldn't have moved the needle for Andrade to have had the match. Like people weren't going to buy the the pay per view just to see Andrade, but to have been included on because this is. Gonna be, I mean, this is one of the all time great pay-per-views. It's... We're going to be talking about this pay-per-view for decades. Ever. And it's going to be marketed. I mean, we're going to see this on at least DVD. I don't know why AW hasn't made the jump to Blu-ray yet. But, I mean, we're going to see it for sale. (laughs) This is going to be the kind of thing people own and watch over and over. like this. And and I think it will be one of those things that kind of rewards repeat viewing because there was so much going on. It was hard to focus on anything. And I really feel that it. You know, was like I say, detrimental to him and to his momentum that he wasn't on this card because I'm afraid so many people will see he wasn't on there and it was moved to TV and they'll be like, well, it wasn't good enough. But in what world would Andrade versus Pac not be good enough to be on the pay-per-view? Like. I don't know. Very disappointing choice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, but at least that's also the crazy thing is that with this match moved, that moved the women's Casino Battle Royale into the main show. And I do think that that having that as part of the main show made such a difference as far as, you know, the the feel of the show itself. So like there was a domino effect that ultimately, you know, people benefited from but Andrade ended up suffering
3: you know i i mean i i'm not this is not negative on anybody else i'm just going to throw this out there because there was there is a match that was in a spot where the andrade match could have worked would have had the same effect on the card and uh it would have been more more future forward as opposed to nostalgia and that would have been the big show match or paul white match
1: yes yes i absolutely agree that uh,
0: has
1: no place on the, like, uh, QT Marshall uh, just gets a bunch of bones thrown at him just because, you know, yeah. he's friends with the group, but his, the feud is not interesting, and I have no idea why that was on the
3: the main show. Especially I'll, I'll not in, especially he not sandwiched man. between two main events. Like, exactly. I understand yeah. needing a cool down after the, the, you know, after the, I was the gonna say, if there was popcorn.
1: a popcorn match, that was, <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah. But uh, again, it's because we know it wasn't going to move the bar. Andrade Pack would have been a good one for there because you could have that little bit of cooldown, but still have they two of had, your.
1: And they could have put somebody else in that match. Yeah. And they could have still had that one off. They've done it before yep. where they filled people in at the last minute. They, they could have obviously done that for this match.
3: And there's so many people on the AEW roster. It's like there's, like, dream matches for Andrade all over the place there, so.
2: Yeah. It it was just – I don't know. And it's not just this feud – and not just their placement on All Out, that was just the the capstone on everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of sick of QT Marshall lately. Like, I don't know that I need to see him on TV. Like,
3: <laughs> I'm trying to go down this night.
2: elevation is okay. Well, you don't yeah.
1: have to be nice about it. You know, that's our job. We don't. We, yeah. I mean, nice about it. we don't have to.
3: What was so QT
1: hungry. Marshall going to do? Like, get upset that this, you know, podcaster oh, yeah. at LuchaCentral.com doesn't like his feud? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, me and half the internet doesn't like this feud. I'm, and that's generous to say half the internet.
3: Doesn't yeah. like it's 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 more in the in that I know that when we get going we could just get going and it's really not relevant to that the show true. to talk about how much true. we don't like QT. So Yes yeah. yes, yes, yes. Sorry Q T we don't sure. like you right now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry.
2: Yeah. Uh, but sorry as, if you're offended, but not sorry. Andrade should have had your spot.
1: You know what
2: he just put it out there. just got real. Yeah. It's not real. Alright, Dusty. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we've danced around it now and we're almost here. The women's battle royale was actually kind of the cooler match after this match, but we had the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks inside the cage. So good. This this whole segment's literally just going to be us talking about how badass and amazing the Lucha Bros are, <laughs> but it was so good. Like, this match literally stole the show. It was the best match on the best card in years, and I am so excited for the Lucha Bros because of that. If Like I mentioned last week, if there was ever a time for the Bucks to drop these straps, it was now, mm-hmm. and having the championships go to such a cool, solid tag team like the Lucha Bros was just amazing. Penta and Phoenix are out there killing it on a regular basis all over the world. And the drama and the excitement in the match was incredible. But it also showed how like well traveled and well rounded and just how excellent and how mm-hmm. good at wrestling both the the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks were. Like it was just incredible. And also now the lucha bros have as many belts as kenny omega does and they're from the same companies and their trademark i mean like i'm not saying they're the belt collectors or anything but i i would personally say i prefer them both together and individually to kenny omega by far and (laughs) it just puts them in the same company with kenny omega like that's a Mm. A big deal, and they have a trademark of having high quality matches everywhere they go. And it's really put them in the upper echelon of wrestling, not just tag teams, not just Lucha. But these guys are like at the top of the game worldwide in wrestling, and I am 100% here for it. They had an amazing entrance. They had their theme song played live with Mikey Ruckus and rapper Gangsta L accompanying them to the ring. They had these amazing feathered Aztec or Mayan style headdresses. Very they cool. they added so much. Rey Mysterio wore one of those type of headdresses, and it's one of the most iconic Rey Mysterio moments ever. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming this is going to be. I mean, it instantly stands out in my mind for the Lucha Bros. I think it will forever be seen as one of their most iconic entrances. They had
3: outside Studios. We need those for toys. We yes. need that entrance here yes. for toys.
2: Yes, we need the entrance here. <laughs> We need the the gear they wore to the show was incredible. They had these red, white, and green matching varsity jackets that said Lucha Bros. Penta had some. I mean, his gear was really amazing. It was a traditional Penta gear, but it was red, white, and green like the Mexican flag. So Mm -hmm. cool. The match occurred five years and one day after the first match ever between Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and PWG, and it's been about two years since their matchup at Double or Nothing. And so this was the first time they had faced off just tag team versus tag team since then. An amazing match. Like I said, best match mm-hmm. on the show. Even though for the most part the tag team rules just flew out the window immediately oh, yeah, and it was yeah. pretty much tandem wrestling the that, entire time. Like it just added to the chaos and insanity. Go ahead, Brendan.
3: That, that leads to my things. But I mean, I, you cap, you have to expect that. It's a cage. But yeah. right. you have to expect that they weren't gonna have a referee inside who's gonna force them to, to use the, the tag ropes and then, uh, you know, take the chair away from them or whatever else. Uh, but that, that is my, my one complaint about this match. Cause I, I, I mean, I, we're all gonna be pretty positive about it, so I have to, to counter a little bit here. Uh, I thought that the, uh, it started to, too hot and too high, and then that made it so that you had to go to these absurd lengths with the really ridiculous moves happening that led to false finishes. So um, many
2: like, false finishes, you know, yeah. Off, yes. of,
3: off of moves that, like, somebody should have legit been dead from. Yes, so, yes. Uh, <laughs>
1: But in any ways, like, it did make sense, as you mentioned, in the context of the steel cage. If anything, that's the yeah. only reason why it made sense. I know for some people looking at this in, as a tag match, like this is not your traditional tag match. So I think tr- tag team purists are looking at this as a spot fest, which, you know, it, it was, let's just call a spade a yeah, spade, yeah. but it's yeah. also thinking about the entertainment value Um and also making tag team wrestling interesting. Um And, and, you know, especially if you look again at, at the aspects of Lucha Libre, like the young bucks ripping up the mask, of the lucha Bros, mm-hmm. um and the intensity yeah. of you know the violence in there, like those are all very pure no? lucha elements, and so to you know I think for a lot of fans that too was something that they got out of this match as well. So, Absolutely. you know, it, all of it at the end of the day depends on what kind of wrestling you like. I you know for, for people who are looking at, at this from a, a tag team purist perspective, they were just saying just a lot of spots, which it was. Let's, yeah, but That's
4: yeah.
1: Fair. I think but, the consensus but it was awesome. Yeah, it was an awesome <laughs> spot. So it was it was really entertaining. And you got it. I. It's hard. How could you not be invested in it? I guess is my.
3: Yeah. Response. No. Yeah. And, and like I. I mean, I just to be absolutely clear to everybody out there, I still really enjoyed this match, but I felt like we it had reached such a, an a, a peak and a pinnacle, way earlier than the uh, absurd, false finishes point that I just couldn't get more hype by that point, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel it necessarily needed all of that over the top. They could have saved some of that or, you know, maybe, like I said, started a little less hot and then worked their way up to that. Or, But, other, I mean, that's just a very small nitpick over, again, what was a fantastic
2: yeah,
3: overall it, match.
2: It was literally like they just got in a Corvette and floored it. Like, it, yes. it was that. It yes. went that oh, fast. Very yeah. fast and,
1: and furious. That's absolutely, you know, uh, an, a perfect way to describe it.
2: Yeah, there Penta bled in the match. Phoenix bled in the match. It's been a while since we've seen Penta bleed like that. Maybe since Lucha Underground. Um, you know, I mean, it was an intense match. It, like Miranda said, it was just as spot-filled as you can imagine. It was awesome though. Everything was insane. They got the win and. With the fear factor and just over 22 minutes, 22 minutes and two seconds, and the entire match flew by. Like it just felt mm-hmm. like it was just a minute. It was so good. The next night, they, or not the next night, but Dynamite, they showed up on Dynamite that Wednesday. Uh, for a short video package, I would imagine they were just exhausted from the weekend, but they said that their blood, their sweat, and their tears had got them there, and literally, we saw that blood on Penta's belt. Mm-hmm. Such a cool spot. Penta got to – he cut a promo in Spanish. Alex translated, of course. Uh, I, I hope they let him speak more Spanish his charisma and the way that penta speaks adds so much to his character like i just love to hear penta talk but at the same time alex abrahantes was an amazing addition to the lucha bros the penta says thing is super over people love alex and uh, just such a perfect team and they have done so much and been so exciting and all this time I'd been so excited for the Lucha Bros to win, but I felt like maybe not. And when we saw that incredible showing from Proud and Powerful against FTR last week, I thought, well maybe they're gonna wait and put the straps on or on mm-hmm. Proud and Powerful. You know, Maybe they'll wait for the Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe. But I am so glad it went to the Lucha Bros. That was mm-hmm. the right decision. It was yes. the right match. Yep. For As mm-hmm. amazing as Proud and Powerful are, they wouldn't have had the same match or the same impact right. on the show that the Lucha Bros had. And I, I really yeah. think that this is – we've mentioned it before, wrestling – even as a kid during the Attitude Era, it never felt this exciting to me. Like, I am more excited about wrestling than I've ever been in my life. And a huge part of that is the Lucha Bros as tag team champions. AEW mm-hmm. and AAA. So much going on. They are so good. They're getting recognized all around the world. And I think they can show Kenny Omega how the belt collecting's done by the end
3: of this. So, I mean, it, this match was kind of the cement for, for this. Uh, even though it happened, it was. It's happening out of order. But yeah, it really feels like AEW is rounding a corner where we're going to see a new era in wrestling. We'd, we'd all been looking towards WWE to lead us into a new era. Some people got excited when AEW was first announced and thought that was going to happen. But anybody could tell you, uh, a promotion or a business or anything needs a little bit of time to find their, their niche and, and hit that, you know, the, To, to use, to, to use a reference that most wrestling fans listening to this will recognize, ECW was Eastern Championship Wrestling before they were Extreme Championship Wrestling and they had to find that footing before they changed the wrestling world and AEW is the same way and I felt this was the beginning of that, like we were at the yeah. at the beginning of of some and to to give the little spoiler i know you're going to cover it but um, we're, we're talking about it right now for those of you that wanted to see a proud and powerful kind of rise like we all do on this show wednesday they they said they were looking straight at the lucha bros and wanted that championship Yeah, so. that
2: they were ready to move up <laughs> in the rankings and yeah. be serious and like that i yep. am so excited for that match like oh We were supposed to get it with the street fight, and it didn't play out, and so hopefully we get it now. I cannot wait. So good. So much going on with the Lucha Bros and AEW. Like Brendan said, it feels like they've – I mean people have compared it to WCW, and I understand the comparison. But at the same time, it feels like they've learned from all their mistakes. And the things people are Mm -hmm. saying, they're like, WCW, well, they've gotten attention on some of the smaller guys. They've gotten attention on international wrestlers. They bring you fresh stuff that you're not used to, not the same old, same old American wrestling. And all these things that WCW did that people really liked and applauded at the time and were the things that kept it buoyant when the NWO got bloated and when all that went on and the finger poke of doom and everything. It was the cruiserweights. It was these other guys yeah. that were keeping people invested on Nitro and Thunder. And so <laughs> you know, but that's what we that's what we want. You know, we want to see well like WWE's made an effort lately, allegedly no more guys under six foot tall, you know, all of this stuff. They're more about the look than the talent. But I'm a talent person. I love the work rate, and a lot of people are. And you see people that were never wrestling fans getting into AEW or people that hadn't watched in years because of whatever. Some people have problems with the Saudi Arabia thing. Some people just didn't enjoy WWE. Uh, There's been people that I went to high school with that I watched wrestling with that hadn't said anything about wrestling until this week. They saw All Out somewhere and they want to talk about it and it's just so cool that everybody's so excited and it does feel like we're on the cusp of the next new really exciting important next step in wrestling i don't know what it is but it feels like i mean this feels like the you know like the 90s did but even better and i don't yeah, I don't know where it's going to go, but I am so excited, and I'm here for it. Wrestling is more – I don't know that it's better than ever necessarily, but it's more accessible than ever. We have Lucha and MLW. We have Lucha and Impact. We have Lucha and Ring of Honor. We have Lucha and AEW. Like it has never been easier to be a Lucha fan. Mm-hmm. You got YouTube to check out AAA and CMLL. Yeah, it's just – so well, cool and we, we're living in the future
3: we, <laughs> we are. let's let's be honest about the the, the uh, AAA and on YouTube <laughs> thing isn't working out as well. well okay, yes, yes. Yeah. So
0: <laughs>
1: there are some limitations there, but but you are right as far as I think this event caused a lot of excitement for current fans, maybe for fans who haven't been as active in the past 5, mm-hmm. 10 years. You know, there are still a lot of comparisons to WCW, and I think some of those they've leaned into and some they've made very clear that they're trying to steer away from. I think at the end of the day, it's always just seeing how history unfolds. And how they learn from history to see where they fall in you know the grand scheme of things because Mm -hmm. um i do think that having the focus they do in tag team wrestling and and the move to have the lucha bros as your tag champions is absolutely the right move you know some things that we talked about in the women's division would be great steps to take um you know but ultimately there you know does seem to be a few missteps like with the whole andrade situation yeah um you know so i feel like it is a balancing act for them they're not always going to get everything perfect um but i do think that they set out what they meant to do is get people excited um the big thing for me next is you know now all of these big people have been announced you have cm punk and uh Brian Danielson and Ruby Soho and Adam Cole, you know, all of the big guns are out now. So what happens when the the dust settles? And I think that, too, is something that, you know, will be very interesting to see what happens on all these other elements. What happens when the dust settles now in the tag division? Hopefully they keep the momentum going and building up some great competitors for the Lucha Bros. You know, maybe we finally get Pac versus, you know, Andrade. But, you know, even what happens with the dust settles there? There and mm-hmm. some other, you know, groups and things like that. So that's kind of where my mind goes to in this, you know, post all out uh, world is, you know, letting the dust settle to, you know, OK, what's next?
3: So, I mean, to to your point, uh, the tag team division looks good. We've got a They've already got a large and robust. We've talked about this for they've got such a robust tag team division. We're looking towards the Trio's title that hasn't happened yet because they've got so many units that work together that they could do that. So, uh, having a, a, a legitimate team out there that is not part of the, uh, a, a part of the blog, the vlogs, vlogosphere and needs to do most of their product on TV is exciting. That means that we'll see more of that on TV instead of seeing development happening on everybody's vlogs. Uh I'm not I, I, I I'm I'm excited about that. I'm not worried about that. The the more interesting one is the one that you alluded to in the middle there. The women's division now mm-hmm. has enough high end talent that they can be doing women's matches more on TV every week. So that's to me gonna be the test, right? Are we gonna yeah. see are we going to see these, the, see the women's division finally stepping up as the fans have been requesting for? Cause they've got the talent now. They don't have the excuse of the talent's not ready yet, which isn't much of an excuse when you look at the people that they're featuring over on, on, uh, dark all the time that, that could step up. They just don't have anybody to help them look like as big a star as they are. They've got that now. So where, yeah. you know, where are <laughs> we going to go with this? It's not. Hope, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it's it's not just Ruby Soho and, and Thunder Rosa anymore. Correct. Like you know, we've you can you can bring Diamante back into the mm-hmm. bigger picture. You yes. can um, To to tie it to our lucha stuff, you can bring any one of the other dozen of ladies they've got working over on dark that uh, every week that can step up at some point. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, like even within their own division, I, I Penelope Ford has right. been so good lately. Like she has just mm-hmm. outshined herself week by week. Uh, the women's division was their weakest point. I've been hoping for a long time they would kind of expand that. They need to have more than one women's match a show. I don't know if there should be like a women's tag team title. It felt like we were going that way when Eva and Diamante won the tag team tournament. But they never went with tag team titles, maybe a mid-card title. There just needs to be something else for the women to do because now they've got the depth of roster to do it. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: there's no reason that people like Sheeta should be on Dark or Dark Elevation anymore. She should be on the main show. There's a lot going on. And always something going on with AEW, including Dark, Dark Elevation, Dynamite, and Rampage each week. Check in at com every day for the results on those. They've got results, reviews, sometimes they've got clips, all kinds of stuff up to the minute, and it's at LuchaCentral.com. <laughs>
1: Uh, Another big week for ROH, including something that, Brendan, you actually predicted the future. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just going to let you take that away.
3: Uh, So what I said was that if it happened, I was going to throw a big party. So now I guess I have to throw a big party because (laughs) – uh, so we're just gonna go right with the headline on this since that was our lead in. Roxy and Miranda Alizé are in the women's tournament finals like mm-hmm. that is our women's tournament final match is these two young up and comers, both we've been featuring on this show because of their their uh, extensive lucha backgrounds. uh so we're getting as the the listeners of this show and hopefully fans of that this kind of content we're getting a kind of a dream match out of the field that we were given. And, you know, I'm there. It is like, you're going to have, you're going to have, you they're going to hang their hat on one of these two women. And the other one's probably going to be one of the, the feature players. Um, they both got announcements yes. this week as being, uh, as having extended contracts that are, are much more robust with ROH. So you'll still see them at indie shows because ROH is very, permissive of that but uh they they have made it very clear that they want these two as their as their bread and butter in the women's division and uh i'm all for that Mm -hmm. um you got two very good matches out of it it wasn't uh it wasn't like last week's (laughs) matches where you had one match that you were kind of like yeah maybe uh no you got two really solid very competitive (laughs) matches uh it was, it was, uh, Styles was the story in both of them again and kind of, kind of the underdog, uh, coming out on top a little bit. So, uh, you know, I'm just fantastic. That was on, on their TV. That's available for free, mm-hmm. uh, through, through Saturday. They'll put up a new episode on Saturday and then you'll have to be a subscriber. I will still shill this it is worth the 10 bucks to be an honor club member to be able to i mean the tv show is it is their weakest point and i'm using air quotes around that because their their tv matches aren't necessarily as strong as their their pay-per-view and and how show matches uh and uh, so if you're starting with the bar of the tv show matches are are drawing you in you're only going to get better content out of out of uh the Honor Club membership. So there's your, there's your plug right there. And we have results. Uh, we had l- results on Lucha Central for this and we will definitely have results for the pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend. So, uh, just a quick reminder, there is a pay-per-view this weekend, Death Before Dishonor. There will be a few things going on there. Uh, we were going to have uh, LFI challenging for the six man. Titles that's gonna not feature Rouge. It's gonna have Bestia del Ring in in the, there with Dragon Lee and Kenny King. Uh, but I mean, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one to see what they, what the future looks like. Because if they find a way to incorporate Rouge or the thought of Rouge into this match, that means that they are still banking on him being a major player for them. Going forward, and if they don't, then we'll you know, we might get an indicator that maybe uh the the Munoz family is gonna start looking towards uh doing other things in the near future. So that'll be interesting as well. Um, they did have on TV they had LFI versus uh Shane Taylor promotions in a four on four match, kind of trying to build hype around this match. The story on this one unfortunately was, the, you know, this was filmed before Roosh was hurt and it really get it did an amazing job of getting me excited to see it and then I had that letdown of realizing that what I'm going to get isn't nearly as good as uh as what is in my head now because Roosh isn't going to be able to wrestle. So but uh yeah, that's ROH for this week. It's going to be all about uh the pay-per-view this weekend. So keep an eye on lucha central for results uh and then we will definitely be talking about roh uh, a lot next week yes
1: yeah up next we have this week In NXT and Two matches to keep an eye out On uh, we had Santos Escobar facing Carmelo Hayes he was the winner of the 2021 uh, breakout Tournament uh, this came From last week's confrontation That Carmelo had With Legado de Fantasma when they were Asking him about which Championship he was going to possibly Seek uh, Santos Pretty much has staked his claim in the north north american championship so this was uh definitely a match that i think caught some people by surprise as far as how good it was um and this is also i think one of the first times we're seeing some of that newer talent um face a much more established star um on the roster so um you know carmelo hayes though was able to hang with santos at first santos was was really taking the lead um and, but then Carmelo Hayes was able to come through fairly quickly, breaking through, um, with some great, uh, sequence, uh, sequence steps with, um, Santos and some great maneuvering. Um, and that just got Santos, uh, agitated. <laughs> and, and eventually that led to him, um, uh, being able to, I think it was pushing, kicking him off of the side of the ring onto the announced table. Um, and also some work outside of the ring where he, uh, ended up putting on a, uh, some kind of crab, um, uh to Carmelo uh on the steel steps um, but then Carmelo had a very impressive what I would call it like a backwards leg drop off the second rope uh, onto Santos um and uh, you know towards the middle of the match Santos tried to uh, put on the Phantom driver but Carmelo ended up reversing that with a double knee face breaker. Um, however, as it always does the numbers game always favors Legado de fantasma but this time, It was with their newest member, Electra Lopez. Uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde distracted the referee. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was on the outside. And Electra Lopez hit a body slam on Carmelo Hayes, which looked very clean from her. And he sold it very well. That distraction allowed uh, Santos to um, end up hitting the Phantom Driver for the win and so um a a great showing by Carmelo Hayes i would love to see this match again and also showing how the numbers game always wins in Legado's favor, now showcasing the strength in Electra Lopez. She will literally carry her weight in this team. Uh, so that is fairly impressive. After that, we did also have a pre-taped interview with Hit Row, um, just kind of continuing um, on this feud with, with Legado de Fantasma. They essentially said that they were going to make Legado pay for what they did last week So we are moving forward with this feud um, Even though we had this sidestep with Carmelo Hayes But I think this was one of the better ways of showcasing That newer talent on the roster And how they could have great matches And it gives, you know, some hope That NXT will continue in a good direction um, Also, we had the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships on the line We haven't seen them in a while Io Shirai and Zoe Stark face Kaden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. And always, I mean, the team of, of Kaden and Casey, um, continue just to get better every time. But this time for me it was Kaden Carter that I thought was, um, you know, the MVP of, of this match. Uh, but the tag team work between Kaden and Casey are just, it's really, really strong and really, mm-hmm. really good. And really, the story with this match at the beginning was that EO Shirai refused to tag in Zoe Stark. And we've seen this dynamic, this tension between EO and Zoe over the past few weeks, really since they've won the women's tag team championships. Um, eventually, Zoe Stark was able to come in only after tagging herself in. But with the speed and maneuvering of Kaden and Casey, I think it was a challenge for both of them to keep up. And eventually they had to kind of break down and start working together because there was no way they could really go past the unity that Caden and Casey showed. Um, and again, both of them are very talented um of course, Casey was much more of that gymnastics background, but I think Caden as well displayed some great agility in this match. Uh, but EO had some beautiful missile drop kicks. Um, the first one she did in this match had some great distance, one of the cleanest, most precise that I've seen in quite some time. Um, but eventually, uh, EO and, and Zoe were able to get onto the same page and actually tagging each other in and out. Um, and, the, they ended up winning the match. Um, Io Shirai landed her moonsault for the pin. Um, uh, however, afterwards, they were attacked by JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, who are now being managed by Mandy Rose. So, um, we already seem to have kind of the next competitors in line for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. But, um, I, I foresee eventually Kaden and Casey you know, getting another opportunity, if not winning as they'd be a great babyface team. And, you know, I think that they would, you know, be able to do those, those titles justice, but EO and Zoe themselves though are such a deadly combination because you have EO Shirai with both of that strong style and Lucha background. Zoe herself with much more uh of, I think the strength in that team, but also some really great maneuvers on her side. Um, and then from there though, we do have a announced matchup for next week. We are getting Frankie Monet versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT yes. Women's Championship. Unfortunately, yes. we didn't get much of a promo between the two. A lot of that was just a vignette filmed by, filmed, um, with Frankie and, um, you know, her, her group, um, with Robert Stone. So I wish we would have had more of a face-to-face confrontation between Frankie and Raquel. Yeah. I, I'm a little nervous about this match. If this is going to be the one and only, I would have, again, as I've mentioned, I'd love to see this. This could absolutely be on a takeover. Mm-hmm. Um, So maybe we get a false finish or maybe we don't get a clear winner and we move to a second match between the two. Um but it is uh, official. And, uh, you know, as NXT has stated themselves, that next week is a new, uh, is something new coming with NXT. Yeah. So this the chapter, the page is turning with NXT. A new chapter is starting. And at this point, seemingly being headlined by Frankie Monet and Raquel Gonzalez. I'm not sure what else will be announced uh, for next week. But I do think it's great to have this match as part of the new
3: chapter of NXT. So I want to clarify on this. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but this coming week is the first non pre taped episode. Right my understanding that, was
1: that is what I understand as well.
3: Yeah. Okay. That's,
1: or yeah, at least that's they, the way they, I understand. Yeah, they had only they pre taped for a short amount of time and now they're going back to non you know, live so To um, live, yeah.
3: Yeah, With yeah. the with the new branding and all of that is yeah. what what we are expecting. Which again, very cool that we're getting that women's match as the only lead-in for that because mm-hmm. that that means they're hanging their hat on on people wanting to see that, which yeah. I think is great. Yeah, Absolutely. I did have a have a thought while you were talking about this. We have a with the 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 legado de, with the legado de fantasma sort of thing. We have a that what potentially could be a tale of two. Two stories. The base, Santos Escobar was uh experienced a renewed uh popularity over the internet after that match. And they said they want to see more of him, they want to see a lot more of that uh after after this match this last week. So, like we were talking about in AEW you know do the powers that be listen and and go with that or do they do their own thing and that'll be another thing that we can maybe like mm-hmm. compare i know they're not on the same night anymore but it's still interesting to see nxt is still more relatable to aew than anything that uh, raw or smackdown so it's interesting yes. to see how they uh how they 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 handle each other and handle their lucha talent in particular yeah.
1: And that's a good point cuz you know NXT doesn't seem to get as the same kind of internet buzz as you know they used to um both on a weekly basis and even in takeovers. I mean this past takeover mm-hmm. was kind of one of the there's a lot of apathy over it. Um so I think that being able to produce some great matches like this. And again, you know Carmelo mm-hmm. Hayes is part of this kind of newer group um that's come into NXT. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that being able to showcase these newer talents and, and say why they're putting the focus on these young, these young guys, this new blood, um, with matches like this, I think we'll kind of shut fans up a little bit, you know, make them eat their words uh, on saying, you know, we believe in them and that's why, because they could go in and have a really mm-hmm. good, a really, I I really did like that Carmelo uh Santos match. It was a, a really you're not alone. Much,
3: yeah. A lot of people really liked it. They yeah. I think they did they exceeded expectations on I that, think
1: that's and... also yeah, I think that was a thing is that you didn't really know going into it what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um and Carmelo went at the same type of pace and even agility that Santos displayed, which I don't think a lot of people expected. So. Um, But, yes, the results for NXT are available at LuchaCentral.com. So if you missed anything, well, of course, listen to the show, but also go to LuchaCentral.com to catch up. Up next, Dusty, you have a little bit of AAA news for us.
2: Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on with AAA, A, but we did have some announcements for Eros and Mortales. The Antonio Peña Memorial Show, it's on October the ninth this year. Two matches have been announced. Uh and what's going to be exciting news for all of us? The first match that was announced was Laredo Kid and Eo Del Vikingo challenging Ooh. Phoenix and Pentagon Junior for the Triple A tag team oh, championships. That's gonna oh, be so fire. Good.
1: Gonna be so good.
2: Amazing. And then in less exciting news for Brendan, it was announced <laughs> that Psycho Circus would be fighting La <laughs> Impresa in a cage match.
3: Oh. So. <laughs> but
2: yeah, a couple of fun matches at least for uh, that tag team match is going to be insane. Like I cannot yes. wait for that. Yes. Especially after seeing this most recent one at all out. Like, oh, so good. I think it's going to be the show stealer. There's a reason they announced it, I feel, because of All Out. Like, it adds a lot of cachet to have the Lucha Bros in your tag the Lucha team. Bros who are
3: just yeah. on fire right now, absolutely.
2: Yeah, it, ride that wave of their success.
3: In fairness, as much as I don't like Psycho Clown, I think that that is the perfect match to have for Law and I was going to say, it
1: kind yeah.
3: of is. yeah. Other the than sir- the cage
1: match and, you know, Sam is possibly ruining that pretty face of his.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so they're, the Psycho Circus are kind of standard bearers for AAA. They've been consistent, uh, is, as heels and baby faces for the last decade and a half or so. I don't, I don't have that right in front of me. Uh, they are currently the guys is when you think of like AAA guys, that's, that's, you're thinking of Psycho Clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and La Price is doing kind of this big invasion angle. So, like, that's, this is, it's big event booking. That's, that's gonna get people in. Um, you know, you're gonna get people like me that are gonna watch just to see if Psycho Clown's gonna get messed up and get his mask taken off, you know, and stuff like that. And you're gonna get, yeah. Triple A fans that are going to want to see Sam Antonis get his face messed up. So <laughs> <you're>
2: <laughs> Yeah, Psycho Circus are really like the home team for Triple A yeah. in a big yeah. way. Yep. Yeah. And so it is a nice fit. I think it's going to be a fun match and, you know, If everybody, We've mentioned this on other things. Everybody likes the good guys versus the bad guys. That's the essential story in wrestling. And AAA is going to deliver, I feel, with this match. Very exciting. As more matches are announced, we'll have them on the show. Uh, We'll, of course, cover the show itself. Again, Heroes and Mortales happens October the 9th. And stay tuned to LuchaCentral.com for all the news and updates and to our podcast for all the news and updates. And we'll bring them to you as they come.
1: Well, up next, it's our signature segment. You know it. You love it. It's This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day. I know I'm always mentioning luchacentral.com, but it's because we've got new stuff literally every single day. Literally mm-hmm. every day, there's new stuff, and so you need to check it out. And on there, one of the things, the new things every day, is this day in lucha libre by Pep Carrera. And there's information, there's birthdays, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos. A lot of the this day in lucha libre has a video to accompany, but there's even more incredible stuff on there, and it's all about Lucha Libre, and that's at luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose September the 7th, 2010, when Mascara Dorada, now more recognizably known in the WWE as Grand Metalik, on half of the Lucha House Party, he won the CMLL World welterweight championship for the first time in his career after beating Negro Casas on a Tuesday night show at Arena Mexico in Mexico City.
3: I've missed it. That was a Tuesday night show. Crazy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and yeah, that's for, why I had to throw that in <laughs> for, for listeners. That's the equivalent of a title changing hands on, um uh, on Sunday night heat, like yeah. back in the nineties, like that, you know, it, it could happen, but nobody really expected yes. it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a big surprise at the time, and he was already well decorated. This would be the first of his four total runs with the welterweight belt, but he, this, match when he won, it made, uh, Mascara Dorada the first, and as far as I know, the only luchador to ever be a concurrent quadruple champion in CMLL. He held the Mexican National Trios Championship, the CMLL World Trios Championship, the CMLL World Super Lightweight Championship, and then he added the Welterweight. And another interesting fact about him is that the Mascara Dorada character was the first instance of a regular-sized luchador ever being given a character based on a mini-Estrella. Yeah. His, his character was based on the wildly popular CMLL mini-Estrella, Mr. Mascarita Dorada. He was super popular. He later became El Torito uh, with the Matadors in WWE. A lot of people might be more familiar with him there. He's one of the best little guys to ever work lucha. He is Incredible. And at this point, like, he, he had been Mascara, Mascara dorado for a couple of years at this point. But before that, when he was local, a smaller guy, uh, smaller time at least, he had been called Metal League and was a local welterweight champion. And then in 2008, he got the name. This match was in 2010. He was only 22 years old when he had mm-hmm. this match. Like, okay. it just blows my mind. He was already wrestling like a veteran. And for those of us that kind of watched CMLL and New Japan both at the time, this was a match where you're like, I've got to see this, I've got to see this, mm-hmm. because it, it was rumored that the people from New Japan were there, and that's why they had put the title, was to kind of show him off to New Japan, and they that's where he got his bookings after that. And it's hard to understate just how exciting and fresh and flat-out impressive Mascara Dorada felt at the time. He really felt like he was going to be one of the big future superstars of Lucha Libre. At this point, like the momentum and the popularity was just off the charts, and it was also the beginning of him moving away from being more of a trios wrestler to becoming strictly a single star for mm-hmm. CMLL, and he was like their standout talent at the time when Mystico had gone to America to wrestle as the original Sin Cara, Cara Azul. Whole thing. Anyway, Brendan, what did you think <laughs> of this
3: match? <laughs> well, I mean, I, it should be no surprise that I was, I was super excited for this one because I have yeah. gone on record as saying I am uh, a mascara dorada slash grand League guy. Like he, his career, his trajectory has been amazing to me. I think a thousand percent that he would, he would be a much bigger name if he hadn't gotten this sweet money deal in the middle of COVID. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's getting paid. (laughs) I I heard a rumor the other day, or like a story, but it was a CMLO guy, not one of the top guys, but he said in CML, you did, CMLL, you didn't even make enough to approach the beginning of the poverty line, like the minimum (laughs) for the poverty requirements. And so compared to CMLL, he is getting paid. Yeah. Good for him and not having to work hard to do it. He's keeping his body in top shape.
3: Yeah. And, and again, in the pandemic, you don't really, you, yes, you can make a lot of money on the indies, but it's that 2020 and early 2021 was not the time to go out and hustle on the indies.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, for, for most people. So he, uh, he has pretty famously and in, 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 you know, maybe infamously been. Okay with whatever WWE does. They're like, they want him to chase after the 24-7 championship. <laughs> he'll chase after the 24-7 championship. They want him to, uh, do, uh, you know, crazy, stupid gimmicks with Lucha House Party back during the days where everybody rolled their eyes to see Lucha House Party. It's like, whatever, I'm getting paid and they'll just, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, I thought his trajectory could have been great, and and uh, this is a match where he's in there with uh, I mean, a guy that is uh is a verifiable like to use the term Hall of Famer. Negro yeah. Casas is uh is, is he's a legend. He's well known. He's he's uh, usually worked Rudo, but he's still respected by by the fans. Like they they love to hate him, but he's he's his ability is respected. He's the very technical type of, of Rudo, and they, uh, yeah, and seeing these two go at it was, is, is just great. Uh, you know, they work really well together. You can see the evolution of, of, uh, the, the grand medal league that we got later, which I really felt like hit his height right before the cruiserweight classic that we got him yeah. in. And, uh, I mean, I'm always going to refer people. I did this off air. Before, but I'll always refer people to his, uh, his cruiserweight classic matches. Like he went, made it all the way to the finals on that and every one of those matches had me riveted. Like they were, I was just excited. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm talking more about everything else on that. It's a good match. Uh, Miranda, do you have any observations on the actual match or?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I really liked, I haven't seen a lot of Negro, Negro Casas matches. Mm-hmm. I really liked the kind of the flamboyance, uh, of his personality in this and, uh, just the way that, especially after that second fall with the roll up, uh, in in which it went to Máscara Dorada you know Negro Casas was just kind of beside himself Um, but I think that was such a good contrast to the pure just you know technicality of Máscara Dorada Um, and there was this one moment where um, I just I could notice the excellent precision in his work when Mascarada uh dove through the middle of the ropes, it was one of the post corners, to the outside. And it looked like it was almost like you were threading a needle. Like just the precision yeah. to just go through that exact spot, not too far to the left because he would have hurt himself on the ring post and not too far to the right because then he would have missed the target outside. Um and I mean, that's something really special to have that level of precision yeah. um, that to me was like the wow moment, even though it was just more of a straight dive outward and not necessarily a super flippy move. If, if you see that angle like that looks like a, a very tough angle to work through
3: to do something so simple, so perfectly. Yes. Is is just as much of an accomplishment as seeing commander do a million and one flips off yeah. of. uh yes Yes. well
1: and and i think it was exactly from that corner too that surprised me like out of all the places Mm. to do it because again if he would have just gotten a little bit too far to the left he would have somehow hit that ring post or part of him could have and if he ended up going any further he may have missed the target of negro casa so um i do feel like the end of the match was kind of abrupt with that power bomb um like i was i had to go back and be like wait did i what happened i thought i had <laughs> missed something so the match kind of ended a little abruptly for me which is the only kind of you know negative or just more like huh Thing about it, but overall, I thought that I mean, it is a very classic three falls match. You know, it it didn't go on too long where you lost interest. I think it was timed very well, and it's very apparent. You know what you're watching. You know who the the technical is. You know who the Rudo is. You know you know all these things. You don't it's you don't you don't need to listen to to the language to understand that. And I think. That's a beautiful thing when something is done so well, it's universal.
3: And, and not listening to the language, I'm just going to stress this. A lot of these Arena Mexico matches, sometimes just for your sanity, it's okay to turn the volume off because <laughs> there's a lot going on in Arena oh Mexico. Oh,
2: my gosh. And those Fazula <laughs> horns. yeah. Like.
3: Yeah, the air yeah. horns too, and just, uh, and then random insults being thrown, and <laughs> just, yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I tried to show some friends of mine a couple of CMLL matches, and they just, they were like, I can, couldn't, can we turn the volume off? Because they just couldn't handle all the, the noise that's in the background, so.
2: Yeah, just, that's it, a good way to put it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, that is This Week in Lucha Libre History. Don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre History at LuchaCentral.com. But there is so much more available at LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, can you tell our wonderful listeners what else they can find?
3: All right, let's do this. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news. In English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events will be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. The place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. Um, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Uh
1: Up next, this week in WWE with Dusty.
2: Yeah, we, you know, like, it's always kind of a disappointing <laughs> week at WWE, but here we are. Um, first up, we had main events. Ricochet defeated Cedric Alexander And another week of main event, just giving us a great match we'd never get to see on Raw. Like, they just don't have the time for this type of wrestling on Raw for some reason. And, uh, you know, I'm glad main event has it. But, anyways, Cedric Alexander, he was looking fabulous. He's got some new Black Panther-inspired gear, kind of like the Funko Mecca Black Panther. Very cool. Ricochet. Was cooler than ever. The crowd loved it. He showed off his very smooth dance moves. The crowd literally chanted his name while he danced before they got started. It was awesome. They traded moves back and forth very evenly. Ricochet got the pin with the recoil in 9 minutes and 13 seconds, including commercials. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, but Main Event has become the place to see WWE wrestlers actually wrestling. Like, if you want to see actual wrestling, check out Main Event. The first match, like, even though it doesn't sound good, Dana Brooke versus Dewdrop, like, it was really good. And Dana Brooke, I, it's, I don't know that she's ever looked this great in a match. Like, they really let them kind of do their own thing and shine on main event it's like a secret club but main event is surprisingly great lately if you prefer wrestling to storylines there's not much story that happens with the matches it's just a match but it's always at least a pretty good match at least watchably decent Even when they don't sound great on paper, like Dana Burke versus Dewdrop, I didn't think sounded terribly exciting, but I got into it. It was a fun match.
3: That would have gotten me to tune in, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was surprised they had that, but like, it was pretty good. I mean, surprisingly good, you know, compared to what you see on paper. So if you're sleeping on main event, like, you really need to wake up and watch it. Lots of good wrestling on main event, and my Opinion, and uh, every week for the last several weeks, there's been a luchador in one match or another. Of course, Ricochet was Prince Puma on Luch Underground, and you know it's not a chance very often to see him look really good in WWE, but he looked really good on main event. So I that's that's a whole rant for me right there. (laughs) Yes, I feel you. And another thing that could be a whole rant from me, SmackDown, we had Sami Zayn defeating Dominic again. They're doing this thing where Dominic wants Ray to leave him alone and kind of let him be his own man and do his own thing. But Ray trying to help then causes Dominic to be distracted. Sami wins. I am not a fan. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of them splitting up Ray and Dominic anyway. Like, Dominic does need some singles experience race you know they they both deserve better than a tag team in the smackdown division right now but i don't like the idea that they split them up to get him his matches i i enjoy but, singles matches but
3: that's how you do tag teams in the wwe they don't tag teams don't just naturally end in the wwe yeah, there's yeah. always a barbershop window
2: always <laughs> and and you always have to feud when you split and i can tell that's where they're going Dominic needs experience in singles matches, and having him split from Ray in a feud between them, I just feel it's too soon. I think they feel like it's probably the best matches they can get from Dominic is with his dad, and I'm certain that that's probably true, but when has WWE ever cared about work rate? And. <laughs> I mean, for real, like, he just isn't developed enough to stand on his own without Ray there, is his dad like, Dominic's cool, but we've mentioned this before, he doesn't have much of a character he doesn't have much going on, aside from being Rey Mysterio's son, and it would have been nice if they'd kind of established some of that before they split him up, because now his thing's gonna be, oh yeah, he was Rey Mysterio's son, and it's just yeah. strange and I don't think the time is right for a match between Dominic and Ray, but you know, whatever I guess. And I'll, I I said I'd try to be more positive on Raw, so this is my positive version. Karrion Cross defeated John Morrison after getting sprayed with the drip stick. These are both Lucha Underground guys. They'd both been on. Um Kerry worked a lot of dark matches on the early Lucha years, Lucha Underground years too. Johnny Mundo would not have been. The three-time or the three-way AAA Cruiserweight Champion and AAA Mega Champion, in addition to his Latin American Championship. If it had not been for Killer Cross getting involved in that triple threat at Rey de Reyes 2017, and how does Johnny Mundo repay him by spraying him with the Drip Stick on Monday Night Raw?
3: Mm-hmm. Like is then uh, this now, my friend. Yes, well. <laughs>
2: Carry it. He would not let these shenanigans stand. Uh, He let him know that, too. He grabbed him. He backdropped him over the post. Then he destroyed him with a cross jacket before picking up the win in just under two minutes. It was pretty good, but it was also silly and the dripstick thing was kind of silly, but they worked so well together. They obviously know each other and John Morrison really sold his ass off for Carrion Cross and it looked great. Uh, I'm hoping that the first week of Carrion's debut was an aberration and I still miss Scarlet, but I'll, I'll take Dominant Carrion Cross. It's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and- But for more WWE news, check out LuchaCentral.com. They'll have all the news and updates and reviews. And, you know, generally they're a little more positive than I am, but I try to keep it real with y'all. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) Raw and SmackDown are just not good right now. And especially in comparison to AEW, it feels like work watching WWE. And so, yeah, I don't know. I hope they can pull out of this, but... At any rate, watch Main Event. It's always good. And check out LuchaCentral.com for news and updates and even more.
1: Uh, Up next, Brendan has some brief CMLL news.
3: Well, yeah. So, uh, you know, we teased it at the top of the show. There was uh, an earthquake, and it happened in the middle of a (laughs) six-man tag match featuring Hechicero, Luciferno, Mephisto against Blue Panther... Dark Panther oh Blue Panther Jr. I, I knew, do need to be careful on that. Dark Panther and Stuka Jr. Um the match had just started, uh and and uh, the show was stopped. They restarted eventually. Um, and then uh the, uh, the, the Rudos managed to win. So probably not the best, uh, for the fans to come back to, you know, hey, we just had this terrible earthquake. Good thing we're going to have some, some nice wrestling to watch. Oh, the bad guys are cheating and they won. Gosh darn it. Uh, but yeah, that was the, uh, That was the match that that got that. So it will now be kind of an infamous match, in my opinion. I I mean, I'm going to have that on uh, easy reference, so I can be like, here's the match that happened during the earthquake.
2: That's like the ultimate Rudo move. (laughs) (laughs) Earthquake (laughs) happening happening (laughs) by cheating to win. Like, I kind of admire that in a way. (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah, it was – so according to Lucha Blog, it was about a five-minute pause before they resumed. Um and then uh several wrestlers volador valiente uh thanked fans for sticking around through all of that cuz you know people like i said said before people in mexico are used to this so a lot of the time they're going to have to go home and check on their pets or make sure the kids are okay or whatever else is you know going on that's not wrestling so um they were grateful to have that um the, there was one more match that happened after that. It was Star Jr., Valiente, and Volador Jr. against, uh, Cavanario, Gamilio, Diablo, 1 and 2. Uh, the, the Technicos did win that one. So the fans got, uh, a, uh, got the, to go home on a Technico win, which featured, uh, Volador Jr. and Valiente. So I'm sure they were all very happy. Um, And, uh, yeah, so that was our basic CMLL news. I do want to remind people the anniversary show is coming up on 924. This is not to my knowledge going to be an iPay-per-view, so it should be easier to watch than last year's anniversary of show. Uh, voting is open for, for matches. The tag title, like I mentioned last week, the top two vote getters are gonna get it, are gonna go in for the tag titles. Uh, So definitely, if you're going to do that, go ahead. We will have, as results are going, they haven't officially said when voting is going to end, so I have no idea how to work on this hype train for you guys. But I will, have, once we have our results, I will let you know what the card is going to look like, because the anniversary show is always one of CMLL's big shows.
1: Thank you Brendan And for our last two news items Of this week's episode We have Impact Wrestling to kick us off uh, This week was The Laredo Kid match That we had discussed A few weeks earlier on Before the Impact BTI um, This match was against John Schuyler and some interesting tidbits from this match. Um he did come out with the Triple A Cruiserweight Championship and it was acknowledged um as as such. Um another thing, and this was just me, man it was really good to hear Matt Stryker call Luchum again.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: um,
3: Where's Vampiro? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't maybe know not. that I need Vampiro, but exactly. I like <laughs> I, I think
2: Daniel
1: Brown was, was just enough with that. But, man, as soon as he started talking about Laredo Kid's history and style, just flashback, flashback, flashback to, to Lucha Underground and how well he knows how to call different styles. It's insane. It's insane. It's just well, he, crazy.
3: Yeah, he he's the extreme educator for a reason, and yes. it's not just uh, – it wasn't just that he had, he was a school teacher that, that led into an unfortunate gimmick. It was, uh, he's, he's a very educated fan and he, so good. yeah.
1: Yeah. it just definitely had a little tingles like, man, Matt Stricker calling Lucha Libre. So good um, But you know this match itself Was very much a luchador Versus you know American style wrestler um, The the match itself Was good you know Like nothing super outstanding uh, Which I think When you have Laredo Kid in the ring You always have those high expectations But it also depends on who's on the other side of that ring um, But for what it's worth The crowd was very much into this match And got their support behind Laredo Kid There was a, a such a good Acai Moonsault uh, by Laredo Kid out and uh, outside to the ramp, and he won the match by doing what I would consider. And I think a lot of us would have a Spanish fly, but again, according to Matt Stryker, who is much more of the technician in this, would have labeled it a more of a belly to belly moon salt off the top rope. So however you want to call it, um Laredo Kid wins in this match. Um it is available on YouTube for free and it is uh at the end of this before the impact, so I believe it's about the last ten minutes. Um but it was a solid match. For for those who who've watched Laredo Kid matches, you know there's always a lot more, but for the purposes of this, especially um as a precursor to a possible television match, I think was very solid, good, easy to follow. Um his competitor John Schuyler had some uh, you know, they had some pretty decent chemistry, um, but it wasn't anything mind blowing. But I hope this is more of a precursor to seeing triple A talent on Impact, you do have the Arena to Arena's champion, you know, also the Knockouts champion on, on there. And again, for Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling has teased possibly having some more AAA stars, New Japan, AEW stars on the show. So, um, this would be a great way to bring that further into the fold. For, for Glory But if you're interested in watching this match Loreto Kid versus John Skyler, It is on YouTube for free And last but not least Some MLW news uh, for Some very interesting little tidbits uh, That came out this week First off The man known as Danny Limelight Rivera Now known as Rivera Has officially signed with MLW Uh, so he is, he is with MLW, uh, a very interesting thing about this press release was that it hinted of, it was both in terminology, a little shoot, a little work. Um, they, they mentioned how MLW matchmaker, Cesar Duran reportedly worked with Conan and brokering the deal with 5150, which is, uh, I believe now more of the, team name that is being used uh for for danny and and slice and um oh what was the other and, <laughs> and julius uh yeah. julius
3: yeah
1: yes. um so- and uh, according to the press release terms of the deal are under wraps, but reportedly all parties are very satisfied. Um, so that's very much a hint to maybe what we'll see in the future again with Azteca Underground, with MLW. Um, but... Danny Limelight Rivera or Rivera, we may call him, has found a home in MLW. And MLW also confirmed that he is going to be in action at Fightland on October 2nd in Philadelphia. So, um that is where he's already having a prime place in the MLW roster. Also this week, we did get um, confirmation that the premiere of MLW Fusion Alpha has been announced for September 22nd. Uh, Fusion Alpha is a four-week mini miniseries uh, that's going to lead up to the new season of Fusion. And Alpha's premise, as far as the teaser alludes to, is knowing that MLW is under warfare, alliances uh you know partnerships drawing the line so it seems like the theme with alpha is maybe seeing the development of maybe new teams or factions or feuds or what not at least that's what it, it kind of feels like um and again too we still don't know what the true nature of Azteca Underground is going to look like so maybe that will help set the stage for Azteca Underground as we go into the new season of Fusion And last but not least, some other big news coming out of MLW is that they have announced the first five participants for the 2021 Opera Cup. The Opera Cup is a eight-man single elimination tournament, and it's scheduled to include, well, they consider a who's who of the toughest fighters on the MLW roster. As far as the first five participants announced, we have the 2020 Opera Cup winner and, of course, former UFC fighter Filthy Tom Lawler. We also have uh the high-flying phenom TJP. Uh, one of the greatest technical wrestlers in wrestling right now, Davey Richards. Um, internationally decorated champion Matt Cross and former D1 football recruit Calvin Tankman. So those are the first five that have been announced. MLW will be announcing the final three entrants to the Opera Cup in the, la- in the upcoming few weeks. Along with a complete tournament bracket and the finals are scheduled to take place on Saturday, November 6th. At MLW Intimidation Games, which is going to be in Philadelphia. Um, so for Lucha fans, being able to see names like TJP and Matt Cross in this Opera Cup is very interesting. And with three other names to be announced, I mean, they did recruit some heavy Lucha names for the draft, um, that we saw at Battle Riot 3. And again, You know, with Cesar Duran being matchmaker, it seems like he's going to have some input on who these final three will be. But it is setting up the stage for a very interesting
3: opera cup. L.A. Park. He's just going to ruin the whole vibe and use chairs (laughs) in every match.
1: Well, (laughs) I don't know if L.A. Park is going to be. Maybe uh, (laughs) E-Hole. Or maybe L.A. Park Jr., I'd like to
3: think. Um, (laughs) No, I I was trying to think of the the most antithetical to person to the Opera Cup vibe, and you know, L A Park just popped right into my head. So.
1: That is also true. Very much, <laughs> when, you don't think of L A Park as when you think of the Opera Cup. But uh, again, I mean, as as Dusty mentioned earlier too, you know, MLW is really moving forward with this lucha presence. Their mm-hmm. content is ramping back up at a really good time. They are doing live events uh monthly, and, you know, again, I mean, they could have... We talked about the landscape of wrestling now from this past weekend. If we get Azteca underground in what we think it may be, that itself is going to revolutionize wrestling in a way that we haven't seen in years. Bringing back an entity or reformation of an entity that we haven't had in years, that fans miss under the MLW umbrella... You know, there's, we've been kind of cool on that topic for a while, but MLW is ramping some things back up and I hope it's something unique. I hope, you know, MLW is going to show us something with televised pro wrestling that we haven't seen yet. Um, and it involves, and it could possibly involve Lucha Libre, which is crazy because not a lot of North American promotions look at Lucha Libre as a, a product as a solution as a way to entice viewers, but it seems like MLW is putting you know their bets on on lucha libre.
3: Yeah, I I was at a loss of words on that. Yeah, they I MLW seems to be strongly gambling, uh, and I shouldn't even say gambling because.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not so much gambling. It kind of feels that way, but it's just, they're, they're putting their, their foot forward with Lucha Libre intentionally. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, gambling was a temptation because other American companies aren't doing it, but it's an established brand. It's an established style and it's got its, its fan base that is going to, like us, is going to rapidly follow it. So like they are giving us they're giving certain, uh, certain fans what they want and, uh, I'm, uh, I'm there for it. I'm, I'm that fan. You mm-hmm. guys <laughs> well, catering to me.
1: Yes, yes, and and you know We're going to be reporting more on MLW Over the next few weeks Of course we'll be interested to see what MLW Fusion Alpha looks like And then of course who the final Three competitors are for the Opera Cup, um, as well as any New signees that may be coming up It's good to see Danny Limelight Find a home, we thought it was Going to be with AEW It wasn't, but he seems to Have found a great landing place In MLW Um So we will see what happens. Um, But that is it for this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Go ahead and follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You got to check out the YouTube page with hours upon hours of exclusive content, including interviews and matches that you're not going. to to find anywhere else in the meantime too well while you're at it just scrolling through the internet go ahead and follow us on social media dusty can you let our listeners know where they can find you
2: yes i am on facebook at facebook.com slash dusty murphy and i am on instagram at dusty murphy
1: and brendan where can our listeners find you
3: i am 321 t-shirt guy that's the numbers three two and one And t-shirt guy is all spelled out. And I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I'm all over the Twitters.
1: And me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. That's what the other two guys are here for. And, of course, (laughs) Nutra Central's Twitter page. Just go ahead and follow them on that. Um, If you were listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all of that, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and Provide us with a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, things you'd like for us to cover, things we should stop covering, maybe things we should get some more in-depth on, or just any kind of opinions and feedback that you have for us. Let us know online or through our social medias. Well, thank you very much for listening to the this week's episode. You know we got you each and every week on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. So make sure you come and join us next week for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week.